Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. It is Trags, Mike Petralia, back with another episode of the Red Sox Beat on the CLNS Media Network, powered by our official online gaming partner, betonline.ag. Back with me for this episode is Alex Barth, does an amazing job, I think, of covering all things Boston sports for 98.5, thesportshub.com. Also follow him on Twitter at real Alex Barth, all one word. It's a busy time of year, Alex, uh, as you hop between uh, the Patriots and getting ready for the basketball season coming up, the NHL. And oh yeah, by the way, the Red Sox are finishing out a pretty dreadful season by their standards. And, you know, they lost again on Wednesday night, 5-3 to the New York Yankees. They were swept, swept in the two-game series by the Yankees. Their seventh time being swept this season and the fifth time they were swept this year at Fenway Park. There are a couple of things that the Red Sox have to focus on next year, and we're going to get to this. This is the wish list free agency uh, version of or episode of Red Sox beat, but beyond <laughs> adding to the roster and free agency, they have to do a better job inside the AL East. They've been dreadful there, and they've been really dreadful at Fenway Park this year. Yeah, I mean, every all the games you're supposed to win, like you said, in the division, at home, just brutal. Just like it, nothing in this season has gone the way it should. I think the, in some ways, the perfect summation of this season tracks, I don't know if you saw the game last night, was – J.D. Martinez beating out a throw to first base, but not stepping on the base when he was running down the line. Like, yes. did you see that? No, I did not. Like, but yes, what, that is, I, I read about it. I did not see it. I mean, he came uh, up, personally. came up like, I don't know, his foot lands like six inches in front of the base and then behind it. Like, that's just textbook. It was a, it was a nice play overall to beat the ball down the line, but it's textbook. You touched, the, I mean, I don't even know how you run to first base without touching on first base, without touching first base. It's such an instinct. So just the most basic of F-ups, the perfect way to just, and then they, they lose in the next inning because some anonymous center fielder who I don't know where they got him from makes like three he- errors that look best set to Benny Hill music. It was the, the, the perfect summation of what this season has been. So Brian Bayo actually deserved a much better fate, and he's been b- pitching better of late. The Red he's Sox deserved better all year. He he really has, but I think in in particular last night and his last two to three starts, there's a lot of promise there, and you can understand why they brought him up to kind of put him through the ringer a little bit, indoctrinate him into the uh, majors, and kind of really get his feet wet for 2023. And going forward on Wednesday night against a very powerful Yankee lineup, of course, five innings, six hits, three runs because of the error. Um, 
on, uh, or excuse me, the error you mentioned in the fifth inning. No, none of those three runs were earned. One walk, six strikeouts. I thought he was really efficient last night. Yeah, I mean, he he's looked much better. This, you know, he came up that first time. There were moments, there were flashes, but he struggled to consistently throw the ball in the strike zone. He didn't throw his changeup very well, which that's supposed to be his gotcha pitch. Mm-hmm. So they sent him back down. This Since the second time he's come back up, and I think this was his third or fourth start since he came back up, he's looked much better. So that's it's very encouraging to see that. Um, also, when we talk about uh, the standings at Fenway Park, the record at Fenway Park, 35 and 36, that is not good, especially when Fenway Park is supposed to be one of the more intimidating places in the majors to play. And especially when you brought in, you know, you paid all that money for a guy like Trevor Story, who the whole thing was, oh, his swing is perfect for Fenway Park. And, you know, you have J.D. Martinez, who's supposed to push balls off the wall, who, who can't get an extra base hit. They have a team built for Fenway, too. So the fact they can't win there tells you this team isn't built right. No, it is not. Um, we are going now to move on to uh, the wish list. What the Red Sox have to do next year or in the offseason coming up in the next couple of months to improve this roster. And the Red Sox, it's assumed, and many national writers have written this, uh, they're going to have to be active in free agency. What do they do? What positions do they target? Don't think there's any question, Alex, and correct me if I'm wrong, they have to get a new catcher. They have to get an impact catcher. They Some would argue they had one in a free agent to be in Christian Vasquez, but Wilson Contreras of the Cubs, Omar Narvaez, uh, is out there, Gary Sanchez and Mike Zunino. Any of those names interest you? Well, for, first off, let's before we get to free agency, there's some things they have to do that impact this. One, they got to get high and bloom the heck out of there. First, that's I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're... I know it's not going to happen, but a, a lot of things should have happened that haven't happened with this team in the last couple of years. I'm still going to say sit here and say them because I'm sure high and bloom and John Henry listen to the show. No offense, tracks. I they, they also, they, they, Bogarts, if they let Bogarts walk, I understand. I've said this before. I wouldn't necessarily not pay him, but there is a baseball reason. There is a legitimate t- team building reason to not pay him. Raphael Devers needs to be locked up long term. And the reason I say we need to talk about that before we get into free agency is because if for some reason he's not, the approach is completely different in free agency. You can't justify not paying Raphael Devers to spend that money on eight, 10 mediocre players. You need to go out and get another big fish, whether that's Aaron judge. Although I think you pay Devers over judge just because of the age, uh, whether it's, uh, I, I think Carlos Correa is expected to opt out. If I saw that correctly yep. and you leave Trevor story at second base, you know, if he doesn't opt out, if, if, if Devers is not back, if Devers is back, right. We, we can start a catcher. I, I think that the, the yes. needs on the lineup side are minimal, but there are a couple. Honestly, you, you named a couple catchers there who are good players. Why not Christian Vasquez? Well, that thought did, that's why I bring him up. So you have right. him and you got prospects and they could very easily go, well, we got the prospects. Let's bring the catcher back that knows our system. I absolutely could see. Uh, a world where that uh, potential exists for the Red Sox. And I, I would tell you that I would not necessarily have a bad, or I would not have a problem with that because, you know, they essentially wrote off this season before right. the trade deadline. They didn't come out and say it. 
but they wrote it off. And when they uh, traded Christian Vasquez across the field that night, they were in Houston. That was them waving the white flag. Yeah, and uh, like I, they handled that horribly. Christian Vasquez has every right to hate this organization, but he was asked if he would return to Boston as a free agent. Like when that trade happened, he was asked in Houston, would he come back? And he said he wouldn't rule it out. So he knows the organization. He's a popular guy here. Right. It's not totally like out of left field, no pun intended. You know, the Yankees did that a couple of years ago with Aroldis Chapman. Remember, they traded him yes. to the Cubs and then they signed him back in free agency. So that sort of thing does happen. And you're probably going to get him on a team-friendly discount since High and Bloom will apparently still be here. It does sound like Vasquez would want to be here. His family's here. He has a home here. It makes sense. The only other spot, uh, I, I think they, you know, assuming Devers comes back, I think they really need something offensively as a fourth outfielder slash designated hitter. Uh, they're, they're, you know, Judge is probably too lofty. And again, yeah, I, I just you don't have, see that happening. You have, have to pay Devers. Right. You have to pay Devers before you pay him. You're not going to pay both guys. I look at a guy like Jorge Soler, who I believe is expected to opt out of his deal. He is a player option. I've always been a big fan of his. I think his swing would carry very well to Fenway. Uh, Jerkson Profar is another guy. Uh, you know, even they could bring Tommy Pham back. I think they basically need two guys like that. They need one guy to finish the outfield. You have Verdugo. You have Hernandez. You need one guy to finish the outfield. You need one guy to be your fourth outfielder and maybe your designated hitter because J.D. Martinez should not be back. He's done. He's cooked. That's really pretty much, I think, where they're at offensively. You know, you you move, even if Bogarts doesn't come back, you move Story to shortstop. They have a couple of infield prospects. Like, I think you have to throw Jeter Downs out there and see who he is at this point. You can't give up on him yet, given the nature in which you acquired him. I believe they have one other middle infielder that's supposed to come up next year. Just excuse me for a second while sure. I look at uh, Sox prospects here because the name is escaping me. Uh, Emmanuel Valdez, who's in Worcester right now, is supposed to be up. And I think it wouldn't be totally ridiculous. Uh, I, I, I've only seen the name written, uh, Rafaela, Sedan Rafaela. Some people said it's probably more of a 2024 call-up, but maybe if things go really south with downs, uh, you you bring him up early again. And I also think, you know, if Bogarts is back, you're, you're, you're infield set. And there you go where they need help, where they really need help is pitching. They have Bullpen. maybe three. Well, I think pitching as well, a whole. Yeah, I know. That's, that's true. Go ahead. Cause I mean, you can't, I know sales under contract. I can't count on him for anything. If Valdi's a free agent, I think you have to just wipe your hands of that situation. Too injury prone, too inconsistent coming back. You basically have Pavetta. You have Bayo, you have Josh Winkowski, if you think he's a major league pitcher, and in the bullpen, you have Hauk, and you have Whitlock, who I still maintain should be a starter, but that's think, five major league pitchers. I leaning that way, by the way, Alex. I do think they're okay. leaning that way. By the way, you know who also is a free agent? Michael Walker. Yeah. Michael Walker. Right. Walk. No, that, that's what I'm saying. So in terms of guys still under team control, who you can realistically count on, you have four maybe five major league pitchers for what needs to be what a 14 15 person pitching staff like they have to revamp the whole thing they got to make trades they got to sign guys top to bottom but the biggest thing you need and look i like brian bayo i do but he's what 23 years old right. you need an ace i think bayo and pavetta ideally are a solid two three you need a guy at the top of that rotation. To me, that's Carlos Rondon. I thought they should have got him last offseason when they had the chance. It sounds like he's going to opt out in San Francisco. 
I had a ton of I had a ton of fun watching him in Chicago. He's been good this year in San Francisco, which at times cannot you know isn't necessarily an easy ballpark to pitch in if you're a fly ball pitcher. That's the guy to me. I think they got to go. He's he's got to be the guy this year. Corey Kluber, keep an eye on him. Uh, he is yeah. Okay. Uh, he's somebody that has always impressed me. He would fit well. Uh, at Fenway Park, it's whether or not he would fit well in Boston, right? I mean, that, you know, to me, when you're looking at free agents, it's always been this way with the Red Sox. There's the talent, there's the skill level, there's the fit for Fenway, and then can they play in Boston? Can they handle, uh, let's let's call it what it is, the negativity when things don't go well. It's a great place to play when the energy is there, when the team is doing well, when the team is rolling. You cannot wait to get to Fenway Park. But in a season like this or two years ago during the pandemic or the year before that, uh, it was not a great place to go. And a lot of guys have trouble handling it. I would just say in terms of Kluber. Yep. I mean, he hasn't been great in a couple of years. He's got an ERA of four and a half this year. He's going to be 37 when next season starts. I didn't know he was that old. Yeah, I I didn't know he was that old. If they so, like I said before, they need multiple pitchers, right? They've got to fill out. So, if they sign Rondone or some sort of stud as their one, Bayo Pavetta, that's two, three, you still need to fill out the four, five. Like Kluber's, who I look at as the, as the four, five guy, he to me is comparable to what Michael Waka was this year, right? If, if you yes. can't bring back Waka, and if look, they're going to have to sign one of those old guys, I get it. I'd rather pay Waka because you know he can succeed here, right? If they can't get Waka back, like then I think you you turn to a guy like Corey Kluber. Uh, you look at it. You look at him for more a situation like that. I will give you. Um, yeah, go ahead. I don't know why I'm saying reunion because none of the guys we talked about pitched here before. In the bullpen, mm-hmm. give me back. Give me back, Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, I looked at that name um, in between Ian Kennedy and Corey Nabel. Um, Craig Kimbrell <laughs> is a possibility. He can th- still bring it. Th- still throw gas. Yeah, and he can handle it here. And if you, whoever you're going to make your closer, whether it's Hauk, uh, what you know, whoever it is, it's going to be a young guy, right? I don't know that Kimbrel's a closer anymore, but he can mentor that guy. He can be a really valuable, um, you know, he'd be the Brian Hoyer of the bullpen, so to speak. Do you think John Schreiber can be a closer? No, not, not right now. I mean, he's been tremendous this year. He's been arguably their MVP, right? I mean, yeah, but how many times is a reliever good for like one year and then that's it? You know, if he comes out, I I think you, you keep him in like an eighth inning role next year. And if he comes out of the gate on fire again, you consider it. I think Brian Brazier is gone. What do you think? Uh, I don't think they can get rid of him. It's the only explanation oh. for him still being here. Yeah, like, I, I think he's... You know what I'm saying? I think even if they want him gone, he's just going to show up to spring training and take a roster spot <laughs> regardless. Of, he's like that golf ball. You, you know, when you're golfing, you, you find a top flight in the woods and you say, well, I'll play this for a little bit, but I don't really want to play it. And suddenly you think you're chucking it in the middle of the woods and it's back in the middle of the fairway. You can't lose the ball. You end up playing like 20 straight holes with it. That's Ryan Brazier. To the Red oh, Sox. Alex, this, is why, this is why I love having you on this podcast. He is Alex Barth of 98.5, the Sports Hub. Follow him on Twitter at Real Alex Barth. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one source for all of your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football odds, news, and game matchups, including 
this year's second week games coming up this weekend. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and yes, live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, bo- tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag now to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Back with Alex Barth of 98.5, the sportshub.com does a great job covering all things Boston sports. As we wrap it up here, Alex, um, I think the Red Sox have so many needs. I don't think it's likely that in free agency, they're going to spend a wad of cash on one player. Do you agree with that? Um, I just, just like resigning like an errand, like an Aaron judge type of deal. That's going to, that's going to be out there or the kind of deal that Mike Trout got, you know, I Devers count. Um, I think, uh, yes, it does count. And uh, I think they have to, well, no, Devers does not count because he is their own. And I think they're going to sign one of their own, either Bogarts or Devers. Um, I still, I don't know why this is. I think there are people inside that organization that would rather hold on to Bogarts and let Devers go. And I I don't know why that is. And I know Devers is only 25 and I know Bogarts is what, five, six years older than Devers. Um, I, I just get that sense that they view an up the middle kind of guy like Xander Bogart right, positional value who, by the way, is playing. He is, if this Red Sox team were any good whatsoever and close to the top of the division in the AL East, he wouldn't be Aaron judge who I think will, clearly win the MVP in the American league. Correct me if you, you disagree, but yeah, Xander Bogarts would be in the MVP discussion. He is having that kind of year and his defense has been terrific this year. Well, I mean, he's probably going to win the batting title. He's on pace right now. So yeah, I, it would just be weird because that's one of those contracts where it'd be, it's like Dustin Majoria, right? Where it's a good deal for two or three years and then you kind of eat it. I don't, yeah, but, his... but Bogarts is not injury prone. And I think, um, yeah, it's, no, it's just a natural age thing. But I, I, again, I think Devers, the ceiling is so much higher, right? That's why I'd rather Devers. But to, back to original question, would they, you know, shell out a big deal for an external acquisition? The only way that's going to happen is if they do elect to move on from Bloom, because if there's anything we've learned about this organization in the last decade, they overcorrect. That's what they do. They make a mistake, and then they make a mistake in the complete opposite direction, make up for it. So if they fire Bloom, they're going to bring in some, you know, another version of Dave Dombrowski, who will, you know, trade Bayo and trade Cassis. And, and pay both Aaron Judge and Carlos Rendon and they'll win a World Series in 2022 in 2023 and the whole thing will fall apart by 2025. So there is a there is a way that that could happen, but they're just it it, it would require Bloom leaving, which does you sounds like you don't think is going to happen. No, I don't. I think they're going to hold on to Bloom for at least one more year to give him a chance to get some of the prospects that he spent time on and resources on and developing, get them up here and see what they can do. Problem with that is um, his record so far in that regard is not good. And if you include Bobby Dahlbeck in that mix, uh, Bobby Dahlbeck 
uh, Jaron Duran and uh, Jeter Downs. Those three play, position players come to mind, right? Uh, have not been great. Um, book is out on Tristan Cassis. He appears to be on the surface in the first couple of weeks, a can't miss pro, uh, prospect at first base. Uh, and that could fill a huge hole that this team has been battling. Even when they were good last year, they had trouble at first base, right? Well, right. is Tristan Cassis going to be the answer at first base? I would think so. I mean, he's he, he's looked apart, right? You know, what's, what's the hesitation? I think you at least have to give him a, a real shot to be the answer at first base. You can't bring somebody else in and, and, and hedge it and platoon them. You got to play them. The, you know, I guess what helps is they have an open designated hitter spot. So I, I talked before about maybe the fourth outfielder being the sure. designated hitter. Maybe you bring back a guy like Eric Hosmer or some other first baseman as your DH. And then you have that guy in your back pocket in case for whatever reason, Cassis doesn't work out. But I think you've got to going forward, work under the assumption that it's it's his job and it's fully his job. Yeah, and I just would like to see a little more, bit more. I mean, I, I understand giving Cassis the job if he show, shows enough in the final couple of weeks here um, that he deserves a shot at earning uh, the job in spring training next year. Uh, but I, I think you have to have more proven production around him uh, in the lineup. And I think that's kind of what, well, I guess Dahlbeck did have Devers and Bogarts around him, you could argue, and they did bring in Trevor Story, but I never got that when Story got hurt, and I just got the sense that there was still too much lumped on these rookies and second-year players uh, to expect them to produce right away, especially in a market like Boston. Yeah, I mean, well, that that's why you've got to get this thing figured out, right? Yep. Yeah. Hey, I mean, it almost sounds dumb. The team's not going to be good if the team's not good. So you got to make the team better so it can be good is kind of what we're dancing around here, right? you got, you got to have a better, if, if you put better players in the lineup, the guys around them will hit too, because you're hitting with guys on base, you're, you're, you're wearing pitchers down more, all of that. So that would be one other thing I'd say. I, I don't know what the hell happened to this. Remember like 2018, the Red Sox, and this isn't a roster building thing. It's more of a philosophy thing, but I think it all ties together. Remember in 2018, the Red Sox whole thing was like they wore pitchers down they would take every yes. pitch they could. They'd get every count to three, two. They were chasing, they're getting guys up to hundred pitches in the fourth inning. And, you know, JD Martinez, I think was a big part of that and bringing his philosophy to the team. I don't know how many at bats they've had this year that go beyond like seven pitches at the most. I mean, they have not been patient. I don't know what changed, but they need to get back to that. So finding players who will embrace that. I, I think it's a great philosophy. I, if I was coaching a baseball team, that is what don't swing until you have to swing unless he really gives you meatball, make him throw as many pitches so as the possible. Key to that, that, the key to that whole do damage club of 2018 that Alex Cora yeah. coined um, was they did damage on every pitch that was in the strike zone, that was in a zone that the hitter identified. That's what right. I think is missing this year and has been missing. You don't have hitters that are as capable of selecting in, or being selective inside, or I'm sorry, being aggressive inside the strike zone being selective outside the strike well, zone and that's been the the big difference between 2018 and now 2022 but but it's a lot of the same guys i mean even martinez isn't approaching it the same way and i don't know if he feels like he can't hit the ball as well so he has to overcompensate or whatever but i just whatever i'd love to see him get back to that i just thought it was a great approach yeah. Um, you, how about your thoughts real quick? I'm going to wrap up here. Alex Verdugo. To me, he's a pretty interesting 
prospect, not a prospect, a pretty interesting subject in this Red Sox lineup in the Red Sox roster. He's 26. He's hitting 284. His OBP is okay at 332. Um, he's got nine homers, 65 RBIs. There are times when I look at Alex Verdugo, Alex, and I think that he is a really good corner outfield for this team going forward, especially at the age of 26. Then I look at him and I think, well, his ceiling is only so high and they should be shooting for a higher ceiling. Yeah. He honestly kind of reminds me in some ways of Jackie Bradley jr. And what I mean much by that is better though. I mean, much better. No, but, but what I mean by that is he'll go on these, these runs where for like two or three weeks, he looks like the best hitter in the lineup. Right. And then he kind of fades out again. And then like a month or two later, he goes on one of those. Now his lows aren't as low as Jackie Bradley Jr.'s lows. I mean, when Jackie wasn't on, he was hitting like a buck 50. Verdugo still hits 220, 230 when he's off. And obviously he's not the defender that Bradley was, but in the sense that he's just a really streaky player. If you have other capable hitters in your lineup, you can afford to have a guy or two like that around is Bradley in 18, right? Right. He got really hot and it was a great addition, but when he wasn't hot, they still had Martinez and Bogarts and Devers and they still had all these other guys hitting the ball. Right. So if they're going to keep Devers, if they're going to keep Bogarts, if they're going to, you know, get a, a real another bat in the outfield, if Cassis is going to hit, then yeah, you can have Alex Verdugo in your lineup because those guys I think will keep you above water more often than not. And then when Verdugo's on a roll, you have him and it's great. And then when he's not, you just wait until the next one. But if they're going to count on him to be, you know, a top five hitter in the lineup in terms of batting order, he's I don't think he's quite that guy, because, again, you need more consistency from those spots. At that point, he might be more valuable as a trade piece to get somebody who will give you a little more consistent production. Very curious to see as we wrap it up here with Alex Barth of 98.5, the sports hub, how many agents in free agency this offseason Um bring the Red Sox into discussion, knowing full well what we just spoke about. And that is the Red Sox need to add some impact players, two to three impact players in free agency. You know, the Red Sox are going to be in there uh, or the Red Sox are going to be in free agency just on how many players remains to be seen. It's going to be interesting to see if the Red Sox are used to drive up the market. He is Alex Barth of 98. You have a point to make. You look like, you yeah, just make a point. No, I, yeah. I mean, I, I think the flip side of that is we know that what they did at the deadline wasn't super popular in that clubhouse. We know some of the players are second guessing high and bloom. I'm interested in kind of the opposite. Will the Red Sox not be involved maybe in some situations they should because agents whose players play for the Red Sox or guys who have friends play for the Red Sox go, hey, should I come to Boston? And maybe guys saying, uh, now's not the time. I, I wouldn't right now. It's it, it, Things are still unclear. It's still a period of transition. Maybe it's not the best time to be here. He is Alex Barth, 98.5, thesportshub.com, does a great job covering all things Boston sports. Follow him on Twitter at real Alex Barth. Alex, you're awesome. We'll probably have you back uh, at least once or twice before the season is over. Also want to thank our great sponsor, betonline.ag. For Alex Barth, I'm Mike Petralia-Trags. Thanks for watching this episode of Red Sox Beat, powered by the CLNS Media Network.